You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Munawar, and this is part three of our series on the quarterly marketing review. Now, in part one of the series, we looked at how to review the previous quarter's results, how to gauge how effective you were in your marketing and in your business development in Q1 of this year. And in part two, we looked at how to identify the one thing that's going to drive the lion's share of the results. What is the one thing, the one strategy, the one tactic, the one idea that you can employ this quarter that you can really focus all of your time and your attention and your energy on to solve that big marketing problem? And in this third and final installment, I'm going to show you how to build an action plan, how to build a plan to help you execute effectively on that one thing, on whatever your plan might be for the upcoming quarter. Now, if you missed any of the previous lessons, you're going to want to go back and check those out before you start this one, and you can get immediate access at forecast.fm slash quarter. And before we dive into today's lesson, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free crash course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will show you a step-by-step process to generate a flood of new business for your firm. This is not about tactics. It's not about fads. It's not about platforms. It's not about chasing the latest marketing shiny object. It's about a real-world strategy that you can use to generate new business. That sounds interesting. Head over to 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number. Either one works. That's 5leadgen.com for immediate access to all the videos inside the course. So if you've been following along here, then by now you should have identified that one big marketing problem. Is it an attraction stage problem where you're not generating enough leads at the top of the funnel? Is it a retention stage problem where you're not engaging people in the middle of the funnel? You're not building connections and relationships and authority? Or is it a conversion stage problem where you're not converting enough of those leads and prospects into paying clients? It's really critical that you figure out what that one problem is. And don't say that, well, all of them are a problem because while that very well might be true, one particular stage of the funnel is likely your biggest problem. And you've got to figure out what that is. And secondly, by now, you should have identified the one thing you're going to do to solve that problem. What is the one thing that you're going to do to generate more leads? The one tactic, the one strategy that you can really commit yourself to for the upcoming quarter or the one thing to retain and engage your prospects once they enter your funnel and after they discover you or the one thing to turn more of those relationships into paying clients. Again, what is the one thing that you're going to do this quarter? Now, with that in mind, let's take a look at how to turn that into an actual plan, something that you can execute throughout the quarter, month by month and week by week, and ultimately day by day. Because remember, execution happens on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. It doesn't just happen all of a sudden. It's not an accident. You have to plan for it if you want any hopes of succeeding. Now, in one of the previous lessons in this series, we touched on the importance of having an annual plan. At the time of the release of this episode, it's now 
almost mid-April, right? So now is a good time to do the Q2 review, even then we're kind of late. But if you haven't even done an annual review, then you're really late, right? Your annual review should have happened, you know, early January at the latest, ideally late December, where you take stock of what happened in 2016 and you make some goals for 2017. So again, if you haven't even done that yet, if you don't have clearly established goals for 2017, and by clearly established, I mean they're written down, they're on paper, you've thought about them, they make sense to you, and if you have partners, then you all agree on them. If you haven't taken that step, well then better late than never, right? Write down those goals now. You know, Q1 may be over, but you can still set some goals for 2017 that'll help you guide your activities for the remaining three quarters. Now, once you have your annual goals in place, the next thing that you want to do is set up your quarterly goals. And quarterly goals, like we talked about previously, are effectively signposts. They're signposts that tell you whether or not you're on track to achieve the annual goal. The last thing you want is to not even realize whether or not you were on track until October or November or December when it's too late. These quarterly goals are effectively a measure of keeping you honest, keeping you in check, and keeping you moving in the right direction. If you're already behind after Q1, then you need to realign, you need to reevaluate what you're doing, where you're spending your time, where the opportunities are to maximize growth. So at this stage, you want to reevaluate what's your goal for Q2, what's your goal for Q3, and what's your goal for Q4. Now, the Q3 and Q4 goals, we're not going to spend a lot of time on. You need to know what they are because you need to have a clear roadmap towards your annual goal. But once you have your Q2 goal in place, then we want to break that down into more bite-sized chunks that you can achieve and execute over the course of Q2. Now, with your Q2 goal in mind, and let's say you have a new business goal or a number of new clients, however you frame the goal is, is kind of irrelevant, but you need to have some kind of clear and concrete goal for Q2. The next step is to break that down into a monthly action plan. That what do you need to do this month to achieve your Q2 goal? Now, I don't think you need to map out what needs to happen every single month. April, May, June for your Q2 goal, but I do think you need to take it month by month at the very least. So at the beginning of April, and if it's mid-April, then maybe you look at it from kind of mid-April to mid-May, but in month one of Q2, what is your action plan? And if you think it's all very predictable and it's not really going to change much over the course of the quarter, then by all means, roll that out for the following months as well. But in my experience, a lot of things change, especially when you're trying new things, you're trying a new course of action or a new tactic a lot of things are going to change in, in the first month that will then affect how you approach the work in months two and three. So at the very least, you take your quarterly goal and you map out, okay, what's my action plan for the first month? What are the things I need to do? What are the targets I need to reach? What are the activities in this first month to keep me on track to achieve my quarterly goal? And then once you have your monthly action plan in place, and that's obviously something that you review and you develop on a monthly basis, ideally right before the beginning of the next month in the same way that you do your quarterly plan right before the beginning of the next quarter, you then do what, what I call a weekly commitment schedule. That every single week you sit down, ideally before Monday, and you say, okay, this week, here's what I need to do. Here are my commitments this week to keep me on track with my monthly action plan. And I really do advise even going beyond that and mapping it out by day. Because the truth is, 
look, you don't have a lot of time for this stuff, right? This is not your day job, right? You, you have a day job, you know, you're working with clients, you're running a firm, you're busy, but you've got to find the time to fit in marketing and sales and business development. And if you don't think about that on a daily basis in terms of when that work happens, it's very easy to let it slip through the cracks. So maybe you spend a little bit of time every single day. Maybe that's what works best for you. So the first hour of the day or the last half an hour of the day, whatever it may be, but you carve out a chunk of time every single day to spend on marketing and business development. Or maybe you carve out a larger chunk of time once or twice a week. So maybe you commit a good chunk of Monday mornings and Friday afternoons. You know, Friday afternoons is a good time because it tends to be a little bit slower and you can dedicate that time to doing some really serious business development work. Whatever it may be, look at your calendar and figure out what those time slots are. What are the best times for you to commit to this kind of work? And then on a weekly basis, commit to what you're going to do in that time slot. So hopefully you can see now how we're beginning to operationalize the strategy. You know, we have our, our one big marketing problem in mind. We know what the issue is and we've identified the one thing that we're going to do, the one strategy, the one tactic, the one idea that's going to help us overcome that problem. But it's not good enough to just have that idea in mind or the strategy or the tactic in mind. We have to consistently execute on it day after day or week after week, whatever it may be. And the way to do that is to really start to filter down to the weekly, even the daily level so that the things that we're doing, the activities are aligned with that goal and with that strategy. But to be honest, even if you do all of that, that's still not good enough. It's good. I mean, you're certainly far ahead of where most people are because most people wouldn't even consider doing this kind of work and that's why they're getting left behind. So it's good, but still not quite enough. There's one more step that you can take and it's critical. And that is to have some kind of an accountability partner. You need to have somebody that you can commit to this with. So every single week, when you map out those weekly commitments, when you say, I'm going to do this this week, if you just say it to yourself, then, I mean, that's valuable. Don't get me wrong. It's valuable to make those commitments to yourself so that if you don't follow through and then you review that on a weekly basis, you at least feel bad. <laughs> you feel a little bit guilty deep down inside that you committed to this and you didn't do it. But if it's only you that's listening, then that guilt is only going to go so far. It's another thing altogether to commit to somebody else, to tell somebody else, somebody that you, know, that you know, that you respect, right? To tell them that, look, I'm gonna do this this week because this is important. I've identified that these are the important critical activities that I need to do to grow my business and I'm gonna do them this week. And then to talk to them again at the end of the week and to admit that, you know what, I didn't do it. That's a tough thing to admit. And that's where the power of an accountability partner lies, is that when you know you have that accountability, when you know you're going to have that conversation at the end of the week, when you know that you have somebody to report to, you're much more likely to follow through. And in fact, there is some hard data to back this up. The American Society of Training and Development did a study on accountability, and they found that the probability of completing a goal was 10% if you just have an idea or a goal. So you just, you know, you dream something up and it's somewhere in your mind, you're about 10% likely to actually complete the goal. Then they found that you were 25% likely to complete the goal if you consciously decide you, you will do it. So the idea comes to mind, the thought comes to mind, and it sits there for a bit. That's a 10% likely completion. But then at some point you say, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to make the conscious decision to actually do this thing. Then you're 25% likely to get it done. And then they found that you're 40% likely to get it done 
when you decide when you will do it. Okay, and again, now you can see where all that stuff I've been talking about, which admittedly is very boring. Like this is not sexy at all, right? And if you made it this far in the episode, I applaud you because it's hard to get through this stuff. But it's important because you're 40% likely to achieve that goal if you decide when you will do it. You put it in the calendar. You make a timeline. You give yourself a goal and a target as to when it's going to be done by. And then they found that you're 50% likely to achieve the goal when you plan how you will do it. So you don't just say, you know, I'm going to do it, and then you start moving. But you actually have a plan. You have a process. You have mapped out the steps to help you get from where you are to achieving that goal. And then here's where the accountability stuff comes in. They found that you're 65% likely to do it when you commit to someone, you will do it. So that's the first element of accountability, just committing to someone to say, look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to write a LinkedIn post every single week. I'm going to record these videos. I'm going to record this podcast. I'm going to reach out to this many prospects every week. I'm going to go to these presentations. I'm going to go to these meetings. I'm going to go to these events. I'm going to do it. You're 65% likely to achieve the goal. If you commit to somebody else that you're going to do it. And then what they found was that you were 95% likely to do it when you have a specific accountability appointment with the person that you've committed to. So that person that you said before to that, you know, I'm going to do this, right? And you say it to them and then you leave it at that, right? And, you know, there's no follow-up, there's no appointment, there's no specific feedback loop, then you're 65% likely to actually do it, which is great. I mean, that's better than 10 or 20 or 30 for sure. But when you have an appointment... When you have to report back to that person at a specified time, even better if it's weekly, <laughs> if you have to report back to that person every single week and tell them how you fared on your commitments, you're 95% likely to get it done. So if that doesn't convince you to follow through with this process, then I don't really know what to do for you. That's the best I can do. Look, the process is simple, right? You need to do a quarterly marketing review. The first step is to figure out what is your biggest problem? Where in the funnel is your biggest gap? Where are you leaking leads? Where are the obstacles? Where are the bottlenecks? Is it the attraction stage where you need to generate more leads? Is it the retention stage where you need to interact and engage with your leads more effectively? Or is it the conversion stage where you need to do a better job of converting more of those leads and prospects into paying clients? Which one of those is your bigger problem? Step two is, what's the one thing that you can do to solve that problem? What is the one most effective use of your time and your resources and your energy? What is it 20% that's going to drive 80% of the results? And then finally, how do you translate that into a plan? It's not enough to say that you're going to do it. You have to make a plan to do it. You have to decide when you're going to do it. You have to decide how you're going to do it. And you have to, not have to, but if you really want to improve your odds of success up to 95%, then you really should have an accountability partner that you commit to and you have specified ongoing meetings with or appointments with to report back on your results until you finally achieve that goal. So with that, I wish you the best of luck in Q2. And I hope that at the very least through this podcast, I can continue to support you on your journey. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the show on iTunes, go ahead and do that now so I can help you. Go to your, your, your iTunes player or your podcast player of choice, search for forecast marketing, find the show, hit subscribe. And while you're at it, leave us a rating and a review. I would really appreciate it. And it helps more people discover the show. Thank you so much. And tune in next time.